You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I'm Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. As usual, usual, a loaded show. We get to break down the top running back units in the conference. Also, LSU with a verbal commitment. We'll tell you the latest on uncommitted four-star athlete Christian Story. Uh, also, a decommitment from the Florida Gators. We'll go around the country, take a look at uh, Clemson. And they add a very interesting coach to their staff. Uh, also, a recruiting report as well uh, with 2020 uh, wide receiver Marcus Rosamy. Uh, he will take an official visit to Florida, so we'll get Chris's thoughts on him. And a Georgia spotlight, a scouting spotlight on Georgia's sophomore defensive tackle, Jordan Davis. So, first, though, you have got to check out Twillery.com. These shirts are fantastic. The company's been in business for over a century. That's right, a century. And they distribute their shirts to uh, other retail establishments. But now, you can cut out the middleman and go straight to Twillery.com. And with Twillery.com, use the locked on promo code the locked on promo code and boom you get $25 off that they've got the untucked versions of the shirts they've got just fantastic shirts you bundle them together and they can be as affordable as $55 a piece free shipping free returns why would you not use it use the promo code locked on all right here we go running backs and uh, the SEC well known for that over the years and uh, as always, there are some fantastic running back units in the conference. How would you rate them? Well, about uh, as you would expect, Georgia, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, take your pick. Uh, may go slightly ahead with Georgia here. DeAndre Swift will be the main guy for Georgia. Um, I'll see. Um, it's, a, it's a really deep group of guys that they've had good young guys with Alabama. Uh, obviously losing a, a, a key guy, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, I think takes over and listen, he may be the best back in the league this year. Doesn't it always seem seemingly turn out that way? Um, Alabama's backs and waiting your time, just a tremendous talent was, uh, again, towards the end of last year, uh, it was more Josh Jacobs, the more versatile guy. Uh, but th- there is no question that the depth of both of these positions, uh, excuse me, uh, this position for both of these teams are at a different level. Um, they are absolutely is uh, one, you know, one of the best in the country. I would, I would put them uh, in the top five, both of them. After that, in the SEC, it's a little bit interesting in that I think there's a lot of question marks. I think, you know, LSU has got a good young one coming in. Florida has a chance to get a little bit better, but It's all over the map. We've talked a little bit about Missouri here on this podcast. Um, I don't know. I think there's a big gap after one and two. I think you can throw a hat over Vanderbilt, Missouri, Florida, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State. I do think that LSU in particular in Florida, particularly if Emory is the type of player that I think he is for LSU, they're going to jump up as the season goes along. Uh, and be ranked uh, quite a bit higher. But Keyshawn Vaughn of Vanderbilt, um, it's a top return in Russia in the SEC. He's really, really talented. This is why, you know, they would rank, you know, near the top in their second tier. 
Um, we've talked about Missouri's Larry Roundtree. Um, you know, another good one. I think Florida's got with LaMichael um, per, uh, Perrine uh, um, uh, uh, um, is a really good back that's got great versatility. Um, you know, I also think that um, Rakeem Boyd is a really good player for Arkansas. Uh, Kylan Hill of Mississippi State. I think there's a number of good backs in the league. But the overall depth, let's keep an eye out for LSU, A&M, and Florida as schools that have good young backs that are not in Georgia and Alabama's class yet, depth-wise. But they could become, I'd be surprised, and quite frankly disappointed with their talent level, the youth of the talent level, if those schools are not ranking really high. Behind behind um, Georgia and Alabama, no doubt, but ranked really high as the season develops. But right now going in, I think they're in that mix with Vanderbilt and Missouri and I think Arkansas and Mississippi State. Auburn has got really good depth. That's another school that could – I don't think there's an elite back but I think they've got better depth than Gus has had since he's been there. That could be a group that could end up being the third or fourth best as the year one is going along. We've talked about Ole Miss. Um, obviously, having a, a couple of young guys will help them. Then, then I think you get in Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, so I think it's it's not as normal as a group that you normally see in the SEC where everybody has a lot of great backs. I think there's more depth than outstanding quality at the bigger schools, except for Georgia and Alabama. Again, everybody's kind of have their own guy or they have really good depth. So in the case of Auburn, you got some depth, Florida, you got some depth, LSU, you've got a got an elite guy and pretty good depth, but in Arkansas, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, they've got some, uh, really good guys, Vanderbilt, really good guys, just not as deep. So it's going to be an interesting year charting and grading out the running backs in the SEC. News and notes, LSU with a commitment from a three-star junior college defensive lineman, uh, Ali Gay. What do you think of him? Uh, uh, Garden City Community College, long, angular, 6'6", 270, uh, can set the edge in the run game very well. Uh, he comes via Washington. He was a local signing for the Huskies in 17. You know, uh, a lot of the, you know, Nebraska's and um, Kansas State, Minnesota, a lot of guys want him. He's one was one of the uh, best junior college defensive linemen in this 2020 class. So he fills a gap. You know, when you get these guys, as, as you know, Dave, we talk about it, it's you're, you're kind of like plugging guys in on a short-term where you maybe have some gap with gaps with players that are leaving early, maybe guys with injuries or whatnot. You you each class you want to have enough guys that you can continue <laughs> to develop and play, but sometimes you lose an extra guy and you got to fill one in. This is a good get for LSU and Alligate. Christian Story deciding between Texas A and M and uh, Alabama. I know it would. I mean, a lot for Jimbo Fisher and his program as he continues to build up the Aggies if he were uh, to be able to beat Alabama on a semi-regular basis on the recruiting trail. No doubt about it. He's a really good athlete, can play multiple positions. Um, You know, he's from Lynette, Alabama. Uh, He's always been considered an Alabama guy. He's just coming off his recent visit in Texas A&M. 
that's what's got him thinking hard about uh, A&M as, as well as Alabama. So, listen, I don't know at this point that I'd be willing to say that A&M's got a 50-50 shot. But, you know, you start looking at Alabama's numbers. Uh, they've got it. They will have a scholarship for story, no question. But A&M's got a pretty good shot, and we'll see if they can uh, – uh, make it, it, it uh, make, make up the ground uh, a little bit more. July 18th is when he is scheduled to make his decision. So we're going to keep you up to date on LandryFootball.com and then right here uh, as well. So the top, you know, 200, 250 prospect overall in the 2020 class. So we'll see where this young uh, explosive athlete uh, ends up. And just when it seemed like things were calming down in Gainesville, Florida with a decommitment. What can you tell me about athlete Joel Williams? Well, he's just reopened his recruitment. Uh, it, it's not that he's not going to go to Florida. I think time will tell. But when you have a you make a commitment, I, you know this this stuff happens a little bit when these kids make these commitments early because it's it's kind of the thing to do, and you maybe feel pressured to do it, and then you start you know getting a little more exposure to other programs. And then you kind of back off of it. Um, you know, LSU, Ohio State, um, you know, a, a lot of other schools that was really interested in. Um, I, I think he may end up being a big corner. Um, I still think Florida has as good a chance as anybody. He's just not committed anymore to him, and he wants to open up his recruitment. So I think it's going to open it up to the aforementioned LSU, Texas, Ohio State, and probably a few others. <clears throat> yeah. Commitment is not marriage because in marriage you're, you can't continue to date. So sometimes we're not see, supposed see, to anyway. It's, <laughs> well, it's, not, right. it's not. It's not recommended. No. Uh, stay tuned around the country. Clemson adds a very well, a, a unusual coach to its staff, and uh, also a recruiting report, the latest on wide receiver Marcus Rosemi, and a scouting spotlight on a Georgia defense tackle. You need to hear about. Stay tuned. More after this, you're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I'm Dave Hooker. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. If you haven't checked out LandryFootball.com, what are you doing? Be the smartest football fan at the water cooler. Go to LandryFootball.com. Get the insight of Chris uh, Landry that's been an executive, a scout, a coach in the NFL, and is now a consultant to several NFL and college teams. We go around the country. Clemson adds former Akron head coach Terry Bowden as an unpaid intern. I, I know this happens, but with the Tommy Bowden tie, and he, you know, you would think that he could get another job since he had been a head coach, one that pays, it just Struck me as a little odd, you? Well, it is, but, you know, I'm I'm going to give them some kudos. How many 63-year-olds that are, you know, certainly not hurting for money? And listen, I don't know Terry's personal business, but he certainly made a lot of money, and I, I would think that he's uh, put enough of it away that he doesn't need the money. He's an unpaid intern, and he's – going to get a graduate degree degree at uh, Clemson. Well, how many 63-year-olds uh, are going back to school uh, unless they're trying to better themselves to maybe get a better job? You know, so it is a little bit unusual that 
Uh, but, you know, kudos to him. Obviously, he's got a thirst for knowledge. Uh, he wants to get a, a degree in athletic leadership. They've got a good program uh, at Clemson in it. I, you know, it is a little – it's very strange. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody that's been in that type of position to where he's literally going to graduate school. That's what he wants to do. So he's he's unpaid. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't even know if they're – you know, again, they can, they can pay his um, tuition. I don't, I don't even know if they're doing that. I don't know what that agreement is. It's a little bit uh, unusual. But, you know, good for him um, to the thirst for knowledge, wanting to get a, another degree for somebody that, uh, again, I'm going to assume doesn't need it. It's it's interesting. Of course, we have all these, um, you know, interns and consultants and analysts. So if he was if he was interested in, in just kind of helping out the football program, he could do that and just uh, be a consultant and do something and be one of those unpaid analysts. But. Uh, to do it, obviously, he's doing it because he's going to be spending a lot of time truly going to school and trying to get that degree. So uh, kudos to him. I don't I don't know what's behind it. It'd be an interesting conversation to have at one point with him to see, all right, what, uh, with all due respect, at, at, at your age, wanting to do that, it's admirable. Just tell us a little bit about how, um, how this came to be. So uh, good for him. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to have any real impact into the football uh, side of it, because again, I think he's just gonna, uh, I, I think this is just something that uh, he would like to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing that they're probably going to pay his tuition and as, you know, as much money as he has and can afford to pay it himself. He probably says, Hey, look, something I'd like to do. And I don't have, I'm in a position to not have to pay for it. I'll work on a couple of build, little projects that they asked me to do. And, and uh, there we go. Yeah. It, I, it's surprising, but good for him. I mean, it, it worked for Rodney Dangerfield in back to school, so uh, <laughs> maybe it can work out for him as well. A, uh, a recruiting report, four-star 2020 wide receiver uh, Marcus Rosemey, an official visit to Florida. Thoughts? It's an, yeah, it's an, you know, obviously we just talked about Joel Williams decommitting. This is a, a really a good-looking kid. 6'2", 180 uh, is Rosemey. He's got – uh, really good length, and I, I think can be an outstanding go-to type receiver. All the big guys want him um, in the Big Ten, Ohio State, and Penn State, and uh, in addition to Florida, Georgia. Um, you know, they've—I uh, think Georgia has really made a lot of inroads with him. Uh, really good-looking player, four-star kid. Um, he's going to take uh, his visits in the fall. Listen, he's a top five overall prospect in the 2020 class for Florida to get a chance to to get on his list is really big, and I think they're chasing Georgia on it, but uh, chase they will and see if they can make up some ground. It's These recruiting uh, battles, just like the on-the-field battles, they kind of run parallel, and it's always interesting to see kids wanting to, as they like to say, you know, see who can show me the love and see where we want to go. It's really intriguing as uh, a lot of these uh, players – um, they don't jump up and down on the radar. People know about them, but there's uh, interesting contacts that take place, particularly this time of year, as we've talked about with, with camps going on. And there's a lot of contact with, with people that are associate high school coaches and assistant coaches associated with the young man, uh, to try to get kids to want to consider your program and Florida and Georgia's, uh, you're seeing a lot of that. Georgia trying to get in on Florida kids, Florida trying to get in on Georgia kids. And I'm not talking about, 
kids from the state necessarily, but I'm, I'm, they're trying to get in on kids that those schools are recruiting. So uh, it's a real interesting off-the-field battle that they're having. Twillery.com. <clears throat> Again, Twillery.com. That is a great place to restock your wardrobe easier than restocking your fridge with beer. It's just that simple. You go to Twillery.com, and they have an incredible selection of shirts. They've got the untucked version, and these are shirts that – do not wrinkle. You don't have to iron them. Use the locked on promo code, the locked on promo code, and get $25 off. It's that simple. Coming up, a scouting spotlight, and we visit with Ryan Callahan of Go Balls 24 7. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. He is Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Scouting Spotlight. We look at a Georgia sophomore defensive tackle, Jordan Davis. You think he could be on the verge of a breakout season? Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I, I thought they missed him a lot uh, in the Sugar Bowl. No, it was not the reason why they got blown out in the game. Uh, they, there are a lot of parts of that. They got outplayed. They got outcoached. They, they certainly were outhustled and uh, you could see that they took the game uh, not nearly with the type of focus that they needed. But, you know, part of it is, you know, not having guys that are, were playing well and then some missing guys. He was uh, uh, he was missed uh, in that game with an injury. Uh, he's 6'6", 330. This guy has got great ability to dominate the line of scrimmage, get good push up the middle, defend the run. I, I think he's going to be a big part of elevating this Georgia defensive front. Uh, it'll allow them to do a lot of different things with their front, uh, with their backers, and, and putting them in their in different uh, 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 sets to create pressure, to invoke uh, pressure where they need to. Because I do think they may need to manufacture some pressure this year. But uh, th- this, to me, the one thing that uh, when I look at Georgia's defensive line, and you know, we we did the comparison a couple of days ago here between Georgia and Alabama, position by position. The one area, I mean, there are a couple of them, but one in particular where I think the biggest difference is if you look at Alabama's defensive line every year, they have the big war daddies and they've got the um, the junior war daddies that they're grooming for the future and in the next year and it's waiting your turn. That hadn't been quite the case at Georgia, N- not to the level of what Alabama is. It's still very good. And, and this is a guy that, that you, you say, boy, this, this, this guy could dominate and play at Alabama. He could play anywhere. And they need more of these type of guys. Not the edge guy. Again, he's 330, 6'6", but, boy, he is really uh, ox strong. I mean, he can hold the point of attack very, very well. So I think he's going to be a big part of it, and his health is going to be significant to the success uh, of their defensive front. We get comments from Ryan Callahan at Go Vols 24-7. After the Vols pick up a couple of commitments over the weekend, here are his thoughts on where Tennessee recruiting is at this current moment. Yeah, a pretty nice weekend for Tennessee. And, and we, we kind of had a feeling this was this was coming. The month of June always brings in some level of activity, a uh, lot big time of year for visits, for commitments. Uh, and the, these guys are kind of a good example of how it happens a lot of times. Uh, Javante Spragans, an offensive lineman, uh, from East St. Louis, uh, Illinois, and he, he came in without an offer from Tennessee and, and went to their camp on Friday. Really impressed Tennessee's coaches while he was there, um, and, and they're not the only school he's impressed lately. He was at a, a, another camp uh, just a, about a week before that, 
where he ended up getting, I think, nine offers in a span of a couple of days after that camp uh, where some college coaches had been at this uh, this large camp and seen him, uh, and he comes away with a bunch of offers after that. So he's impressed a lot of people who have seen him lately in Tennessee, definitely among those. And He decided to commit while he was on campus and announced it uh, later that evening. Uh, and then his teammate, Antonio Johnson, a four-star safety, uh, also from East St. Louis, and he was along with them on the trip. They were there for a seven-on-seven tournament that Tennessee hosted. Uh, and, and worked out at Tennessee's camp while they were there. Tennessee really liked him, had offered him a few months ago, uh, and that was his first time on campus. And, you know, teammate commits. I think it just sort of felt right to him at the time. And even though it was his first time on campus, just, just said he felt at home at Tennessee. So uh, a couple of nice pickups there and a four-star safety, obviously a position of need. So that was Ryan Callahan at Go Balls 24-7. For Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow.